tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hi everybody, welcome to The Ultimate Spider, season 21 here on AfterBuzz TV. I'm Suri Serrano, and boy do we have a show for you. It is week three in the Tough House, and um, joining us in a little while is the is Mr. MMA himself, the top UFC reporter in the world, Mr. Ariel Hawani. He'll be joining us. We cannot wait for that. But first, let me introduce you to my co-hosts, who are fantastic, to my left, Mr. Jared Gilkerson. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> nice hairdo, by the way. Thanks. It, the, the the headphones don't do it justice, but yeah. it just mashes you it down. Side, side you. <laughs> yeah. No, I did lose a bet, but the, well, I, the haircut you took did. place before the fight. Oh, oh my okay. God. And on the other side of the table, we have Mr. J-Tan. Welcome. Hi. Hey everybody! Are you excited or? Yeah, <laughs> I'm um, looking forward to talking talking to our uh, our buddy and yeah. getting into the show. I know there's a lot to talk about. Yes, for there sure. is. So let's get a move on. And to your left, the lovely Alexis Torres. Thanks, guys. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about this because I just know the sauna scene is the one thing I'm like, <laughs> I am so livid. <laughs> Are you really? I am. Oh, and gosh. guys, that's not a spoiler in the good way that you think. <laughs> the sauna scene. No, oh. unfortunately. <laughs> Emmy <laughs> Emmy worthy. Then again, Emmy worthy. I so mean, they spent a lot of time on that scene, so oh my word. we will get we will get to it. Uh, let's let's jump right in. Um, two fighters chosen: American Top Team's uh, veteran Steve Carl, mm-hmm. right, versus the Black Zillions' um, baby monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he's a black belt in BJJ as well as judo. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think was going to happen with this fight? Um, it was a pretty good. Uh, Pretty good pairing, I guess, with uh, Steve Carl, as you said, you know, veteran of, of the squad there. Um, Baby Monster comes in with a lot of... Uh, I, I hate when I brain fart like this. I apologize, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, I've got a bunch of different thoughts going on all two at fists. once. Yeah, he had two fists. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two fists. Two fists. Yes. Did you think it was going to be good? Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be more competitive than it was. Mm-hmm. Two fists, to your point, Jared. Um, heavy-handed. <laughs> He is, uh, he's a beast on the, on the ground, BJJ black belt, you know, very right. accomplished, um, and both guys have had uh, quite a, uh, um, a lot of matches mm-hmm. between them. So it was pretty evenly paired. Um, you had Steve coming in with a wrestling background, I believe uh, University of Iowa, and uh, mm-hmm. did some time in the Army as well. So it was kind of wrestling versus BJJ meeting up with each other. Yeah. Conventionally speaking, a lot of times when you have two grappling, high-level grappling guys, it will negate each other's strategy. Will negate uh, negate out, and you end up um, two guys end up like standing and banging. You know, it's it's a stand up war. Not exactly the case here, or it kind of was, but not yeah. so much because there was a lot of clinch time against the cage. Was, yeah. Alexis, were you excited about this fight? I was excited because I, I was really hoping that um, that ATT would kind of pull through on this one and kind of pull their heads out of their butts on this one. But <laughs> sadly enough, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad fight. I know that for sure. It's just at the same time, 
you know, the one thing that I didn't know that Jay brought up was that I didn't know that uh, uh, Baby Monster actually, most of his losses were from being hit in the face. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. So when they brought it up in the show, I was like, that doesn't sound like that's bad. Well, he'll, he'll be fine. <laughs> and then I really thought about it. I was like, oh, wow, that could actually be a, a giant factor because I feel like Steve could be a good striker, even though I know he mostly has a wrestling background. Mm-hmm. But I, I, the ending uh, solution or um, to it, I was not expecting. All right, well, well, we will get to the breakdown of this fight. Yeah. But first, your topic that you cannot wait to jump into. Um, you know, <laughs> the vet on the team, Mr. Steve Carl, missed weight. So we got, we got to, you know, delve into this a bit. Mm. How does a vet miss weight? I know they talked about it a lot. He talked about it on Tough Talk on Fox. Um, Jared, I'm going to go to you first. What's your take on this? Well, after hearing on Tough Talk, it sounds like he was unaware that he was even going to fight. Uh, I mean, they they're aware what a day before, uh, two days mm-hmm. before, and now mm-hmm. it sounded like it was less than that, which is like almost sounds like it was right before the weigh in. But he said he was walking around eighteen pounds overweight, um, which was that's a w- bit of a lot. It's yeah. way too much to have to lose in a day's notice. Yeah. Um. It's and then he just did a, did a lot of griping about the, the house layout and not being able to find the bathroom and the sauna and the and the well, hot the, tub. The so I, the other team ha- in their in. master bedroom has the sauna, so yeah. they can't really use it in there. Yeah, yeah, so the one sauna that's the one thing. Of the entire yeah. house. And, and, and and all of my they say they're confined, but there's other ways to lose weight and. What are you more concerned about? Not making weight and then them finding out who they're fighting a little bit early or mm-hmm. just making weight? I mean, I would think you'd be more concerned about just making the weight. I think, um, small clarification, but I think they pick the guy who, who's going to fight a couple days before and then they don't know who they're going to fight until the weigh-in. So mm-hmm. there was a few, maybe a few days, I believe, but mm-hmm. 18 pounds is a lot. Like Guys, like we said last time, you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And in this scenario, exactly. you can't afford to get ready. You have that much less time because... It, because you don't know who you're going to face, so you know dealing with strategy at the last minute and stuff. Um, Eighteen is a lot to carry at, at any point. Yeah, and, you're yeah. only in the house for six weeks. Yeah, get down a little bit further so it makes it easier. But you know, you're, said, you're a vet. Yeah, yeah. That said. He was over by three quarters of a pound. Which I was is so mad by that. Really, not that, a lot. No, because I mean, I understand that, and I was like, okay, fine. You know, the fact that you came in for a weigh in and you were already kind of doubtful about the fact that you were going to be overweight, but not, not that much. It's like a rabbit poop. Like that's <laughs> a rabbit. Poop. That's what it is. That's a picture of that. No, Manicula, but still, just a bunny. <laughs> yeah, like it's just dumb. I felt that the, everyone's like, oh, it's so unprofessional of you to be overweight, but it wasn't a lot. I can understand. If he said, if he got on the scale mm-hmm. and he was 18 pounds, I'd be like, okay, buddy, yeah. come on. <laughs> Didn't try. But I mean, he wasn't that far off, and that's why the fact that he did go into the sauna to sweat mm-hmm. it off made perfect sense, right? Now, mind you, too, this is—I uh, mean, there was what was the word? Um, they were getting backlash from Black oh, Zillions, I know. home of Anthony Johnson. Who missed weight? I don't know how many, many times, times, but got kicked out of the UFC for missing weight as a welterweight. Tried to fight middleweight. Mm-hmm. Got kicked out for that, then eventually came back as a light heavyweight. So I mean, you know, yeah, I was just like, shh, 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 this is not. Talk. What did we yeah. think? What did we think of Coach Tyrone uh, coming in and, and kind of instigating a, a mm. fight, pretty uh. much about not wanting them in there? And by the way, they went and you know they went to their female locker room and, mm-hmm. and disarmed. Yeah dismantled the sauna so they couldn't go in and use that one. Well, presumably, I mean, uh, right. you know, sabotage. Uh, sure, or, sure. I think we, we might differ here, so I'd like to hear your opinion on yeah. it. I mean, I, 
at the same time, I understand that when it comes to gym rules, you know, it's very territorial. I get that. But at the same time, like, just shut up and fight. Let him lose the weight and then put all of your anger into the ring. You sitting there trying to start drama just because he's using your sauna seems like such a girlish thing to do and it's really annoying. Yeah. Me personally. I see your point. I, I see it's like, it's just, it's petty. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, but I look at it, it is a reality show. It is almost like a game show. Mm-hmm. So these, the black zillions are playing the game oh, yeah. much better. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And they think anything they do, maybe it'll just get in their head. Maybe it just, maybe he still will make weight. Mm-hmm. But I just look at it as, hey, it's a reality show. I'm going to showcase my personality and we're going to win the game. No. So it's kind of a half and half. Yeah, no, and it made yeah. for, it made for good TV. Yeah. I'll give him that. But at the same time, as a fighter, I'm sitting there going, why are we even talking about this? Just let him use the sauna for 20 minutes. Who's the guy that got in his face? It sounds like he has a permanent cold oh, for ATT. Uh, oh, man. I forgot oh, his man. name. Permanent cold. Oh, no. That's oh, what it's it's like he's, like it, like he's got no... He's like like cold. Oh, my. I can't stand it whenever he opens his oh, mouth. I, I can't stand it. Every <laughs> time he... He can't... T- it's just... It's, it's these clogged nasal passages. <laughs> and in his, in his ears sticking out. He just Jerry, seems like... So many things bother you that are oh hilarious. My God. <laughs> I hate that team. I really do dislike that team. It's okay, buddy. I'll high five you from all the way across here. Oh my like, gosh. Oh, yeah, it was them. a little much. The, the I we I just yeah, supposedly the commission told them to go in and use that sauna. And they wouldn't right. have been able to say no with the commission. I mean the commission is the presiding, you know, authority yeah. in that match. Right. So yeah. at a certain point. Tyrone and I think Michael Johnson would have said, no, they can't use our sauna. Well, yeah, they can use the sauna because this is my rules. I run run this here. Right. Get out of the way. Let the guy go in the sauna. And I I didn't like the fact they're like, oh, just put some sweats on and run. I'm like, it'll be ten times. That means you would be here for longer. Now, that's a fair point. Like, that is something that Mm -hmm. that's part. Jared's part of uh, playing the game. Yeah, Yeah, you could do that, I suppose. But at the same time. If if it's two or three pounds, then yeah, you make the guy, you punish the guy, you make him go run. But like you said, it's a wrap. Uh, it's three so quarters it, is not a three big quor- deal. I can see both sides <laughs> to it, but I feel like it's a bit juvenile. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. But if it, the episode needed a storyline. It did, and it this did. was sure it. Did. If the cameras weren't on, this would be a different story because it would be a, you know a, a regular fight and the commission. Well, frankly, the guys would have got, they would have had more time to to cut it anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, probably would have had two hours, and, but you know. I mean, but I would have preferred this problem than the whole wine debacle they had earlier, which we don't have to. Oh, we don't have the to wine. talk about. We we try the wine. Planting the seeds of the long term storyline. You played right into what Jared uh, wanted to talk about. It's, oh he was God. on fire earlier about it. We were oh, really? talking on the phone earlier, and it just. I just, I feel like, the, I love the show. Hey, I love this show. But I just feel like that whole storyline was planted. Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, Mike, put on your Bud Light swag, drink the <laughs> Bud Light, and then we'll say maybe you're kind of depressed about your last fight. And and it, it, it just seemed like an angle that was just like the big Bud Light, because they had no angle for Bud Light that uh, that episode. So they had the Harley, Mo- Harley Davidson motorcycle <laughs> cutaways. They had the NOS replays, but they had nothing really, like no guy in the house drinks, or really supposed to. I mean, they can. So they like gave Michael oh, Graves a complex. The, oh, like, yeah. They yeah. want the Alky roll yeah. in there. They, they gave him the complex, the and he already roll. fought. So it's like, let's give it to the guy who's already fought and lost. But I, it just felt then so again, weird. It, it was about the wine. Like, he's still BB well, Monster's yeah. wine, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, yeah, BB Monsters yeah, wine. Yeah. He did not come across well in this episode, obviously, Michael. We're going to no. see this no. play just, out. Yes, you know, they're um, setting that up. Yeah, yeah. Every every season, you need to every have time. the bad boy in in the house, and um, you know, in the past, it's been Junie Browning or um, 
Who's it? Not Monster Lobster. But why Bud Light? Even some- with the original, <laughs> you know? Well, it's surprising that's him. Because uh, he, they, they were putting him as the first episode as the humble kid, and now it's mm. oh he's the house drunk. I'm like, where are they going to go with this kid? So it seems mean, like very too, too maybe quick. Maybe just one loss sends you into it, a totally different person. Yeah, it's his first loss. Yeah. That's a, it's a good question to ask. I mean, either either he really does have a problem with drinking, or perhaps it's the same thing. You know, I have lots of fighter friends that have been in in the tough house before, and it's really a mental game. Yeah, because you're. You know, secluded, and you're in mm. that tight quarters, and it's you see you watched people fall apart mentally. Yeah, and so is it that, or is it a combination? I don't know. Praying for Mike. There's always <laughs> <one. laughs> hashtag. Just for you. get Praying well. Hashtag send him more butt. God forbid. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hashtag BL. And a bottle of wine to BB Monster. I know. Too. I feel Poor bad. Guy. As a congratulatory, well, I will send yeah. you some wine, buddy. That too, yeah. <laughs> but maybe he didn't drink, and maybe that was some kind of advantage. Maybe I he came in. It, with, with, what's that? I did admit. No, I'm talking about like uh, no, I'm talking about uh, you know baby boy, baby, um, BB monster. Yeah, yeah, BB monster. Like the fact that he didn't, you know, maybe he stayed sober and that you know helped him out in the. Uh, the I octagon. mean, I totally agree with yeah. you on that. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Would you guys get as upset <laughs> if someone took your wine? Hell yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wine? Wow. Just my stuff. This is like it's Game okay. of Thrones. It's okay. Just I would, it I'm, I'm, I'm in a closed studio here with three other people. The door is locked for the next <laughs> 45 minutes. I need me a tequila shot, right? Actually, it's a burn. Well, would they be against like tainting drinks so, now? Would you like, t- like, wouldn't you put something in the fridge oh to like juice and like you put, you okay. spiked it? Oh, dude, we're going down. No, that. so That's what I would do. All right, here. <laughs> Let's get to this fight um, uh, and break down Steve Carl versus Baby Monster round one. Um, Alexis. Boring. That is the only thing I have to say about I that. I kind of agree with you. <laughs> yeah, because they were they were mostly uh, clinched up against the cage the the whole round. I felt. I, I mean, heard Dana White's voice by the way the whole time yeah. with him up against the wall. Sorry. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I feel like they were kind of just testing the waters a little bit in the beginning, but it was mostly just like a hugging match against the the cage the whole time. Me, my personal opinion. Yeah. It, it, like I said earlier, it's, it was kind of strange that this became more of a clinching match than standing and banging and trading. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Carl, I believe, was supposed to uh, was supposed to let his hands fly and just come in up through the middle. That didn't happen at all. He was really hesitant. I was surprised how much even I read into it that you know his hesitancy about letting things go. And uh, BB Monster just you know would attack. They'd end up in the clinch against the cage. Um, and that took so so long to get anywhere. And um, PB Monster eventually got a big takedown, but uh, Steve Carl got right up right yep. away. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, not a whole lot of action in that one, and you know, and then the other one as well, frankly, um, which you know we can talk about in a little bit. But uh, I. <laughs> I jovially scored this to myself 9-9. I mean, you know, about a 10-point must. If it was a close round to score, but not one in which there was a lot of back-and-forth action. It was just kind of like, all right, whatever. You well, know. you said earlier that you thought that these fights so far have been good. So what uh, was I didn't say that. You didn't? No. I thought you said that early on. Oh, no. I think it was Pairing the, the well, opposite maybe. interpretation oh, of these fights right. have been... It insert was, they insert word. sarcastic yeah, word. Yeah, ah, like all their op- yeah, the meaning. This one paired up good, but yeah, it's, it's, par- it's been pretty underwhelming. I agree with you. <laughs> I yeah. agree with you. <laughs> yeah, the first Jared, round, I mean, I agree with you guys. Uh, the only thing was, I really think uh, Baby Monster, he, he, 
he had some good kicks and some good strikes where mm-hmm. you could actually see that Steve was was hurt. He was yeah. limping at one point in the match. Yeah. And they cut away to Dan during the first round. And he goes, he had him up against the cage longer, so it's close round. I just oh. don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys would know the scoring better than better than me, but I think that Baby Monster got cleaner strikes in mm-hmm. that actually that were more effective so I gave him the round and that's a bigger priority in yeah. terms of scoring than cage control yeah, yeah. That's true. and I also Damage. thought it was interesting the second week in a row this has been in the second week in a row that the Black Zillions have put someone out who's smaller mm-hmm. with a bigger reach and ATT two weeks in a row that they thought they had a guy with better strikes and just told him to go strike mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked like this is becoming a trend like yeah. I think ATT needs some better prep here <laughs> going into <laughs> week four Alexis I was just saying that I, I no actually I had a question for all of you guys. I don't know if you guys thought um, that maybe the fact of the whole weight drama got to him, maybe, or he was just not listening to his coaches. What do you guys think about that? I, I'm kind of up people against the fence, as you know. Yeah, it's, not I'm, to be punny. I mean, I'm referring to to the interviews and what people said. I believe either on Tough Talk or um, or Dan that. Steve came out pretty flat, and it seemed like it did kind of drain him a little bit. Which Honestly, is weird for a vet, too. I don't, he looked a yeah. little slow to me, not that I know. Yeah. You know, I'm not I, an expert. I don't, I don't necessarily buy that, that it doesn't make sense to me that uh, from three-quarters of a pound that you're going to be that True. dehydrated. Plus, it's a day before, right. so you've had a long time to Hydrate. to get back. And mm-hmm. if you had to suck down only a quarter, three-quarters of a pound, <laughs> but guys, I am one of the most unathletic people that I know these days. I know that I can cut down three quarters of a pound. That's not a problem. So, well, if it was eighteen, we could, it could be different. Like, it, 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 yeah, no, because they're not—they're right. not disclosing the information. But someone else in that gym was picked, and then mm-hmm. something happened. Mm-hmm. I, maybe the gym has an issue with 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 cardio. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like a lot of guys maybe aren't ready. Yeah. Uh, but the Black Zillion team has, has guys that are looks like they're in superb shape, and yeah. Steve looked winded, like yeah. really he early. Did look winded? Yeah. Okay, I thought I was the only one no. that noticed that. I sure. a lot of the clinch. His head was down. You know, yeah. it looked like he was breathing cage. really hard, yeah. and I was like, "What's going on right now?" He was now? holding for control. It wasn't really working for that takedown there across no. the cage. A, a separate thought I had. It was a, a fleeting thought, but just watching, you know, and you never know how things are cut and whatever. And so nothing, not to take anything from away from the ATT team, mm-hmm. but. The Black Zillions in their in that piece look like they have you know the top guys on fitness and health and kind of like because they have money are they able to provide better training? I don't know. It was just a, it was just a quick thought because I know yeah. they have a lot of financial backing. True, but ATT has been around for a long time. I mean, this is not a uh, this is not a, a new to the scene Johnny Come Lately gym. ATT no. has huge has a lot of franchises throughout Florida and I believe even uh, the U.S. You know, they're not. It's not like this is their first uh, first time around the block, you right? Know? So I don't know what it is exactly that's going wrong with ATT in terms of victories. I think that I believe that they know what they're doing. They've obviously got. Uh, a-list uh, trainers and fighters with them, things are just not clicking in these matches, you know, and uh, I, I don't know that we could even really discern whatever trend it was from the hour that we get, you know. What were you guys most impressed by with Baby Monster? In the whole fight? Yeah. Jeez. Mm. I mean, I... He looked good in terms of what was there. His striking was, was hard. He came in with uh, some flurries against Steve, kind mm-hmm. of overwhelmed him there. Uh, got the big takedown. You know that was a nice, mm-hmm. pretty piece in in the first round. And his um, underhooks were. I mean, like, yeah. yeah, he just kept. He just knew. It seemed like he was very, really calm. Like he was looking at his <laughs> yeah. coaches during 
they were in a clinch, and he's just yeah. looking across the way, like, okay, I mean, this is what you want me to do. All yeah, right. I just yeah. felt like he was well prepared, and I also liked that he didn't really like not have a cool down, but he was always making sure that he was making some sort of strike, knees, you know, yeah. punches, anything that he can do. And I like that, you know, with Steve, it felt like he was kind of like trying to think before he made his move. And I felt like that's what killed him. We just know a that's bit. tough for a lot of ATT yeah. guys. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just I just going for it. They're just painting them as just the bad guys who are just just a bunch of I just like heads. what Jay has told me is that the fact that, yes, they have been a long time, you know, they've been around, you know, for a really long time, but I feel like with the Black Zillions that they're just, they're hungry for the win. You know what I mean? I feel like ATT is just like, oh, we have it. We have the right AT&T. people. AT&T. <laughs> AT&T, I'm sorry. I keep AT&T trying. versus the Black Verizon. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's the next I, just, I just feel like that they they kind of feel like that they're already king and that there's no competition for it. Like we're always always going to be at the top, and uh, I feel like the Black Zillions are here to be like, no, this is not how that works, and that's why I think that they're winning. And Baby Monster's just better. I mean, oh, yeah. just, he was just he just in that fight. He just he was just, he just flat out a clear better. Head, a clear just head and fighter. just fighting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, you know, Alexis, Jay, what do you think ATT needs to do moving forward? That's a really good question. I think that they need to stop, like, overthinking their fighters. You know, like, the whole, like, the main thing that they were focusing on, even though Steve didn't do it, was his his jaw, his glass jaw. They kept bringing that up every single mm. time. And I'm like, you have to remember, yes, okay, that might be a weakness for him, but if he knows that, he will probably do everything in his power to protect his face, which most fighters should already know that. So I feel like they're over they're they're overthinking everything. And that's why I think that they're not doing so hot. That they need to just take everything to perspective, not just find that one thing. Personally. You've had two in the three weeks that we've gone here, two young guys go in repping ATT, and then Steve was a bit more of a uh, of a veteran, but he himself admitted and this is kind of his last hurrah, last shot mm-hmm. at, uh, at greatness here. Um, I think maybe one of the keys just to switch things up, and, and maybe by default they have to, but you go with a more veteran guy, you know, um, the next guy, like maybe maybe um, Nathan Coy or uh, trying to think here, um, Hader Hassan. I mean, Hader we'll is be seeing him. I think yeah, they're, yeah, they're probably holding that match. Grillo. Grillo as well, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, he hasn't said one thing, by the way, not to break you. He has <laughs> not said one thing in the whole say, show. Right. I he's love been it. Quiet I love the it. whole time. Yeah, he's great. I would understand he's why. He's great. I, why I didn't even recognize <laughs> realize that. Yeah, that would make sense. That's so oh funny. Um, but yeah, I, I think Hater. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, really build him up. Yeah. Build up to his match, you know, and perhaps that's the uh, not only are they high build- watermark for ratings, perhaps they are going no. to, but they're also going to be building like we talked to Kamaru, you know, a bit of a mm-hmm. rivalry between them. So that's right, we have that to look forward to. Yeah. And all they need is, I mean, man, if they just win the next two, that's it's tied because it, you'll dip into the second round of points. Yep. And I mean, it's not it's insurmountable at all. I mean, yeah. they can they can do it. So they can. It's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Kamaru said though. Kamaru said that. He said, "You'll be surprised how close." He kind of teased it a little bit. So yeah. it's not going to be a blowout. I mean, I'm, I was hoping that it wasn't going to do that because no. I mean, last last season we were like, "Oh mm-hmm. wow, they're just sweeping them out." Like this is this right. not as comp- it was you know, team pet us all day. Yeah, right? the whole time. And I was like, "Okay, well, yeah, this kind of that, took the fun out of it." For that me. tends to be the case a lot of times. Yeah. A lot of the seasons, even though this is set up differently, mm-hmm. one side will dominate for the first half of the season, and then all of a sudden 
the other side comes back, things turn around. Uh, some of it is with that one dominant side, things falling apart, you right. know, things going wrong, and then the other side capitalizing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't wouldn't surprise me at all to see things catch up. And I think you made a really good point with the point system. One win next week, and then another win. Um, because the ATT would have home home court advantage, maybe mm-hmm. that is possibly a factor. Um, boom, you're you're even in five weeks, and you know that was just with a quick uh, two week turnaround. So there's still a lot lot of uh, moving pieces here, as it were. It's a, like they said, it's a chess game, you know. We have a fan in the chat, uh, Joseph Bozo. We love you so much. What up, Joe Bo? He said Dan needs to stop playing with the heads um, with the heads with Glenn. That is what Glenn wants. The, uh, this is the last fight mm. at 25 points. Even those, even those, it's even though it's 75 to zero, it ain't over until the the fat leaves. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, they they even uh, Dan even talked about. It. He's like, if we win, if we win the last four fights in the last round, they're technically yeah. all good. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. ATT is a great team, so mm-hmm. there's got to be, we're bound to see them win, right? We're yeah, we, we know bad luck. We, the bad luck is if you have your last name tattooed on your back. <laughs> I mean, because you, like, you just forgot, if you forget your name, well, it's right there. What is Except that? it's on the back. You Cheers. can't look it up. He can look in the mirror. I, I just, mean, it'll be back. I want. I would like Steve Carl to come on the show and explain the tattoo and the the inspiration. We should have it. him on. I we really just want to be like. Yeah. I'm. A, I'm such a huge Walking Dead fan. I just keep calling Carl. 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 <laughs> if you're a Walking Dead fan, you'll get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else that really stood out to you guys from this episode? Anything that that. I mean, irked you more Who than the, the sponsors? None. I mean, <laughs> no. sponsors. I forget. <laughs> There's so many. Um, no, I guess it was more along the lines of I've I felt bad that uh, um, that Steve kind of gave up a little bit towards the second yeah. round. I felt yeah. like he got he, his his shoulders were starting to kind of drop a little bit. He was moving a little slower, flat footed. That kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to cut you short because yeah. our very special guest, Mr. Ariel Hawani, is joining us live from right. New York. Thank, Thank you so Yay. much for joining us, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Huh. We great. are fantastic. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I don't know how you fit is anything better? in. <laughs> is this better for you guys? Is this angle better? I think they're still... Better? We're not seeing you yet, The H. producer's sorting that out. I'm sure the angle's okay. great. <laughs> okay. I think you can hear me, though, right? Oh, there yes. we are. Oh, there, there you are. are. Hi. We'll see is. you now. Perfect. Oh, nice. it's nice to see you. <laughs> oh, I love seeing great that smile. See we got the earphones I in. Yes, I may or may not be in my bathroom right I now. I knew it! <laughs> I knew it! And, and I live in a shoebox, and Aww. if I speak a little like scrubs uh, on. louder, know, right? we'll all wake up and get very mad. Yeah, we don't want so. your children to wake up. Thank no, no, you. No. Ariel, first question, we're going to cut to the chase with the meaty <laughs> stuff. Do you roll over or under with the paper there? Oh, gee. Oh, um, my bam. God. Wow. <laughs> I wanted to break I the ice, man. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect the hard-hitting question right off the bat. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> hey, this is okay. live internet. All right. Uh, he knows how it goes. Ariel, I know that you know it's no secret that you're not a huge, tough fan. Can you tell us why? It's not that I'm not a huge, tough fan. It's that I feel as though the 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 novelty of the show and the product has worn off. It, you know, we've seen... Now, this is the 21st season. We've seen all kinds of, you know, variations. We've also seen some international shows. And I like the fact that they, you know, have 
you know, kind of uh, thought outside the box on this one, and they're in Florida as opposed to Las Vegas, and it's a little different, you know, as far as the coaches and the gym owners being the, the coaches in this one and all that stuff. But when I found out that the fighters for this season weren't fighting for a UFC contract, I was wondering, like, well, what exactly is at stake here? All right, money for the team and, I guess, bragging rights, but that was the whole point of Tough to begin with. It was to see who could graduate to the UFC, and now that's not really at stake anymore. So, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like with anything, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and maybe we've just seen too many episodes, or too many seasons, I should say, in a short amount of time, and maybe just a bit of a break could get people missing it. And also, by the way, like every weekend there's a UFC event now, so I get my fix from the actual live events where I think there are better fights. <laughs> right. I don't feel the need to watch more. Um, <laughs> so it's not that I hate it. It's just, uh, you know, maybe uh, I, I, I needed a bit of a mental break. I don't know. I, I, am I missing out? What You tell me. Uh, are you still there? Can you hear us? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Because okay. we lost the picture. Oh, there, you're back. Um, no, you know. Someone texted me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily think you're missing out, but um, I just was curious. Uh, I'm sure the fans were curious as well. Um, and, you know, let's let's get to the, the good stuff, though. This week on your show, you had John Jones' manager, Malki Kawa, you know, who said he's not sure if John will ever fight again. What... When you know in that conversation, what was your take from that? Do you think he was just kind of fluffing the air a little bit more and kind of feeding into everything, or do you think he genuinely doesn't know? You know, I think he genuinely doesn't know, but I think it was it was it was a surprising thing to say. It was also kind of a smart thing to say for a couple of reasons. One, I think this makes John a bit of a sympathetic figure. Now people are wondering, well, is he going to come back? Is he not? You know, I think some fans were wondering you know, after the Reebok deal fell through for him and after he was pulled from the UFC rankings, like, hey, you know, is John getting uh, treated unfairly here? Is, is all this happening too soon for him? And already I'm starting to see for the first time in a long time, I'm starting to see this change in the way people view John Jones and talk about John Jones. Um, of course, he has a lot to deal with outside of the cage and we're going to see how all that plays out. And, you know, he's being charged with some pretty serious stuff. But uh, for the first time in a long time, I think, you know, everyone loves an underdog. Everyone loves a comeback story, reclamation project, and people are starting to feel that way. So I think it was maybe smart on Malky's part to say that because now people are like, wow, you know, um, could this be it? Could this be the last time we were some? I don't want him to go. There's still more fights for him to be had. There's still a lot more for him to do. And then I also really believe that this is a very fresh situation and uh, John needs some time to figure out his life and to maybe mourn a little bit. And, you know, the hangover from all this is sometimes worse than the actual shock of the, the decision of, of losing his belt. Um, he probably needs to lick his wounds a little bit. And, and I really think one of the best things that could happen to John Jones is if Daniel Cormier wins the belt on May 23rd, him parading around with that belt and rubbing it in John's face and calling it my belt and calling himself the real champion, that might light a huge fire under John Jones. So I'm curious to see how he reacts to that. Again, he has to deal with a lot, and, and that might take some time to play, and I don't want to downplay that. But, um, you know, I, I really truly believe that they don't really know right now. But in my heart, if you're asking, I, I do think we'll see him fight again. I, I've heard you speak a lot about this, obviously, um, but do you think that the UFC handled this correctly? I think that they they had to do it this way. I mean, this is this is not the first time. If it was the first time, you know, 
you can make a case for, all right, maybe you just suspend him and don't take away his title. Second time, maybe, you know, third time he does something, you know, and I'm, the three times I'm talking about are, you know, the DUI in 2012. The cocaine thing is a weird one from earlier this year because he wasn't supposed to be tested for, but at the end of the day he was, and it was an embarrassment to everyone involved. And then this, and, and, and again, I see people say, well, it was an accident and all that stuff, and, and really that's not the issue. What he's being accused of and what the police are alleging that he did was leave the scene, and that's the problem. And he left, according to the police, and then came back to get money and then left again. And, and you can't do that. I mean, that's, that's a major crime, and especially when you find out that a pregnant lady broke her arm as a result of this accident. I think that's the big problem, and that's the thing that some people are missing in all of this. So I think that they were left with no choice, and, you know, in this day and age... Um, there's a lot of public pressure and there's a lot of people writing articles and things of that nature. And I think a lot of people were waiting to see what the UFC would do. And quite frankly, I think the UFC surprised a lot of people because in the past they didn't do this sort of thing. Um, I think he forced their hand and I think ultimately it was the right thing to do is, is the right kind of message to send to the fighters in this day and age in 2015 that it doesn't matter if you're the top star or the prelim guy, uh, this kind of conduct will, will not be condoned. And, uh, unfortunately for John, it was kind of three strikes and you're out, at least for right now. This reminded me, when when the headlines came out about John and everything, this reminded me of two other instances that Ariel will probably be able to speak on better than me. Um, we've seen recently, actually, number one was the Tiago Silva incident from uh, around this time last year, uh, roughly, when every all of these situations obviously are apples and oranges and and probably should be taken uh case as a case by case basis but that situation where um you know he was threatening his wife out in the open uh, drove to a gym where his wife was class was going on he was armed and i believe uh reports where he was on drugs um and you also and they i'm i'm trying to remember the the sequence but they didn't let him go until there was a certain backlash that the media and the fans gave saying how do you forgive this guy and then some video came up of Tiago supposedly with a gun his wife had uh, shot him proverbially with a camera that is uh, kind of threatening him um, that's one instance and the other one that comes to mind Ariel that you may remember better Rampage Jackson a couple of years ago uh, right after losing the belt to uh, to Forrest went on kind of a binge in Vegas, you know, partying and just drinking energy drinks and, and everything, went on a, ended up back in SoCal, drove into, uh, it was reckless driving, and he did hit a car that I believe, correct me if I'm wrong on this, had a woman in it who was also pregnant. And she, she did lose guess. the baby, although I believe the doctor said it was not necessarily because of the, uh, because of <laughs> the, uh, the hit there. Um, mm-hmm. And and honestly, I don't remember how how they immediately handled that one, other than you know talking to flying out and talking to Rampage. Do you think that they um, they've learned their learned their lessons? Bad way of putting it, but you know they've had to. The UFC has kind of had to figure out how to deal with those things uh, case by case. Do you think that that fed into how they handled John this time? Sure. I mean, I think they learned from everything. Um, just a couple of points to make. They, I recall UFC 87, so he lost the belt. Rampage lost the belt 
to Forrest Griffin at UFC 86, and then UFC 87 was the next pay-per-view in August, and uh, it was a big press conference in the um, the mall in Minnesota, the Mall of America, and they had him come out before they started the press conference. That was the show headlined by GSP versus John Fitch, also Brock Lesnar, Heath Herring was on the card, and uh, Kenny Florin, Roger Huerta, and they had him come out and speak to reporters, and, and, and it was kind of this sign of, all right, we're going to stick by this guy, and we're going we're gonna to be there for him and all that stuff. And I kind of thought they handled that pretty well. I mean, it was, it was a show of support. Um, and then... Thiago Silva, when his arrest uh, occurred last February, not this February, last February, they actually cut ties with him right away, which I thought was the right thing to do. Um, and then when charges were dropped in September, they re-signed him, which I thought was the wrong thing to do because, as you guys know, when, when things like this happen, domestic violence, uh, charges being dropped doesn't necessarily mean that you're innocent. Um, and they received a lot of criticism for that. And then this video came out, and then they just had to wash their hands to the situation. So um, I think they may have learned, you know, from that instance. And also others, you know, they, they, they indefinitely suspended uh, Anthony Johnson when he had an issue come up. And they, they had an internal investigation, and they determined that he was clear of any accusation. And he, you know, went on his way, fought Alexander Gustafson, and now he's fighting for the belt. Same with Michael Johnson. Um, who was quietly su suspended indefinitely as well. So I think that the UFC is growing up before our eyes. Let's not forget, the UFC is 22 years old, almost, in November. But as far as Zufa is concerned, you know, they're essentially 14 years old. Um, this is a very new sport. It's a very new league. It's a very new organization, all that stuff. And they're, they're growing up before our eyes the same way that the fighters are evolving, same way that the media is evolving, the organization is evolving. We're seeing that with the Reebok deal and the drug testing coming out. And so we can't always hold them, in my opinion, to the same standard as other leagues. We just hope that, you know, they'll make the right decisions along the way. And if those, you know, codes of conduct aren't in place when things pop up today, we hope that in the future, you know, they'll learn from these these issues and then correct them. And and I think that, you know, in 2015, they've, they've put their foot down pretty well. Uh, of course, you can always nitpick here or there, but the John Jones thing goes a long way. And now it's important to see if they follow up on this and don't give preferential treatment to other big stars. Right. Well, on to another big piece of UFC news this week, the Reebok deal. You know, they finally broke down and released um, how, how they're going to pay everybody and all the fighters. I've heard you talk about it on your, you know, on your shows this week. Um, you know, this affects so many people, and I obviously I can see the direction that UFC is going with and, you know, wanting to, to be on the level of the NFL and NBA and, and, and so on and so forth with uniforms. What do you, What is your take? What do you really think is, you know, how does it affect you know the mid to lower range fighters i mean this is a this is a very complex issue and uh, there are a lot of layers to it um you know there there's like the first thing is it's hard to to know you know in this day and age like you could say that you could say that the sponsorship market has dried up and it has to a large degree from when you know the sport was booming uh, six or so years ago. But why has it dried up? Well, you could make the case that maybe MMA isn't as popular, or you could make the case that the sponsor tax 
that the UFC implemented later on drove away a lot of the smaller companies. They didn't have an, as much money to spend on the fighters themselves. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of uh, factors that came into play. And so then how much were these fighters making in, in today's day and age? We've heard of some fighters say, well, I don't even have sponsors anymore because I didn't want to go after the, you know, the, the, the companies to try to get my money. And there are other fighters who are actually still doing very well. Um, I wish that, you know, the, the uniform thing, what I love most about, well, one of the things I love most about MMA is is the individuality, the, the, the unique characters. You know, everyone could wear whatever they want and be um, any kind of character that they want, and, and that's a fun part of it, and, and I'm afraid that that might go away. Um, I, I guess I understand where they're coming from, and it's important to clean up the sport and have, you know, uh, blue chip sponsors involved and, 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 and really try to be as professional as possible. And they always, you know, equate it to the NFL and the NBA. But there's, there's a couple major differences between the NFL, NBA, and, and, and the UFC. The first is that in those leagues, the players have, you know, they have representation, they have unions, they collectively bargain these kinds of things. Um, that's not the case in the UFC. Also, the UFC is essentially one ownership group. In those leagues, you have 30 owners. Um, and then, of course, you have the players' union on the other side. And then you have a commissioner who kind of is, is the arbitrator. And then, you know, they, they, they brought up the fact that in, in, in uh, the other leagues, you know, it's no different. You know, Adidas is the official apparel sponsor of the NBA, and they make their jerseys and all that stuff. And, and those are the rules. That is very true, but someone like LeBron James can wear his Nikes, and Michael Jordan made a lot of money doing those things. That's not the case in MMA. So there's a lot of differences. I get where they're coming from, but there are still a lot of differences there. And and then they announced yesterday that there'll, there'll be a sponsorship um, opening for one more company to come into play. So before, we just thought it was going to be Reebok. Well, now there's, there's Reebok plus one more if they see fit, but that money isn't going to the fighters, and, and perhaps maybe if you said to the fighters, all right, you can go out and get one other sponsor. Go out there and do your thing. Get a million bucks for it. Get ten bucks. The spot is yours. Maybe then fighters would feel a little more comfortable with it, but that's that's not the case right now. You know, I wonder how much, you know, they, they did say, and, and to their credit, this is the minimum, and they're going to review this periodically. And, and you know, the, the main thing I'll say is, I don't know if it's the media's hill to die on. You know, we can bring up these issues and talk about them, and I've seen fighters tweet about them, but what are they going to do about it after that? You know, is it just a tweet and then try to get a few retweets and favorites and, and feel good about yourself? Or are you actually going to say, hey, UFC, you know, let's sit down with my manager and figure this thing out? Because true professionals don't just go out and tweet things. You actually go out and get things done. So if you're unhappy with it, what are you going to do about it? Um, and only they know how much this deal is is is, uh, is a negative for them. They they're the ones who know, you know, how much they're making off sponsorship. Now we don't really know those answers. So right now we're seeing some fighters complain. We have to be honest. Not everyone's complaining. So uh, at the end of the day, I think it's it's on the fighters to step up and say, all right, this isn't working for me. Or if it is, then hey, it's much ado about nothing. I'm sorry for rambling there, but it's <laughs> no, no. a complex thing. It and, is. Uh, there's just many different directions that you can go. Quick question about the Reebok thing, just to kind of hit that. is: Do you see fighters, this being an advantage, obviously for UFC, because they're getting a big paycheck from Reebok, so that's out of the way. But in the long run, the fighters being able to negotiate with, let's say, other MMA leagues, you know, you have Bellator, 
Do you think saying, you know, they, a fighter goes to Dana and says, hey, I'm losing such and such amount of money. You, you guys got to give me a bigger contract or I'm going somewhere else where they're going to let me get sponsors and I'll make more. So, so you think in the long run it could be better for the fighters? Well, I mean, I think the fighter has to weigh, you know, what he could get in the sponsorship market fighting elsewhere and also how many of these sponsors, you know, will want to stick around if they're not in the UFC because, you know, still at, at this point, by a wide margin, in my opinion, the UFC is the NFL. I mean, it's the most recognizable brand in the sport by far. A lot of people think the UFC is the sport. Um, but if they want that freedom, if they want, you know, the the ability to go out and, and get whatever they want as far as sponsorship is concerned in the free market, then maybe they will start to consider that. Maybe that's another thing that they can now put in the pros column when they're, you know, deciding between the pros and cons of testing the market. Um, most of the times, the, you know, there's this sort of exclusive negotiation period and then there's a matching period. So it's a, it's a complex um, process to get to free agency. But yeah, I, I could certainly see fighters who are unhappy with this deal saying, you know, if my deal is up soon, I'm going to test the waters. But again, you know, I, I've talked to some who say that, you know, I'm happy to not go out there and fish for sponsors. Um, of course, we've heard from a lot in the last 24 hours or so, or I'd say a few who, you know, are, are shocked by this and disappointed. I'm wondering if this is what we're going to see come July, or if you know the UFC is sitting back and Reebok sitting back and saying, "Wow, this is this is not the reception." You know, I truly feel like deep down their intentions were good, but this is not the way we thought it was going to turn out. And and, and hopefully they'll be receptive to that and and listen to those criticisms. You mentioned fighters, um, you know, aren't really necessarily doing anything about it, sitting them down with their agents and, and maybe, you know, what good is a tweet going to do? Do you think that there is a lot of fear around that about speaking out against this deal? Um, you know, in terms of maybe how Dana views them after and, you know, that can, that can kind of cause some problems for them. And maybe, you know, people don't like to step out of the box sometimes because they don't want to get that backlash. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, you know, I work for Fox Sports and MMAfighting.com. SB Nation owns MMAfighting.com. If I was unhappy with my pay with Fox Sports or an opportunity I wasn't getting with MMAfighting.com, my pay, would I go to Twitter to complain about it or would I try to figure it out with my bosses? Would I tell them? You know what I mean? I don't understand why go out there and, and complain about it publicly when you can try to, you know, get on the phone and say like, hey guys, this doesn't work for me and this is why I'm concerned and this is why I'm bothered by this. You know what I mean? So if, let's say, a fighter wanted my opinion, my advice, what should I do? I would say call the UFC and, and, and voice your concern. Don't go to Twitter. What's the point of that? I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that approach. If I'm your boss, and I see that you went to Twitter as opposed to, or some sort of public forum. You know, in interviews, people are going to ask you about it, and you should be honest. That's fine. But if you go out of your way on some kind of social media, I, I'd be thinking like, well, why didn't you bring this up to me? What do you think? I'm just going to, I'm, I'm searching through Twitter looking for everyone's reaction to this. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why I, I sort of question. All right, well, what's the approach here? Are, are we really looking for change, or are we just looking to complain? If you're truly unhappy with it. And, you know, I know some are. What are you doing about it? You know, it's it's not our fight to fight. It's your fight. It's your money. You're the one who says he's losing out. So go stick up for yourself. 
And speaking of, actually, how do you maintain balance between your job at you know with UFC and Fox and your own podcast, which I know that you are pretty um, heavily uh, opinionated about, which I always love, and I tune in every single time. So I've always wanted to know oh, how that you. works. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's no different, you know, than um, someone who works for ESPN and covers the NFL, or someone who works for TNT and you know covers the NBA or. TBS covers Major League Baseball. I mean, I work for the the television partner of the UFC, but I work for Fox, and then I also work for MMA Fighting. Uh, Fox is my TV home, um, or Fox Sports is my TV home. Fox Sports One and Two, occasionally Big Fox, and then uh, MMA Fighting. You know, I, I get to do my my shows and cover the other leagues and stuff. So I feel like I kind of have the best of both worlds and. Um, it's great, you know. I see your producer yawning here, so I must be boring her. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, Marissa. Not at all. Out. I love it. She actually really likes you. <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> she was asking for another cup of That's coffee amazing. right before we sure. went on. That's, That's when amazing. I started boring you. Oh, Marissa. That's hilarious. <laughs> She's just doing some mouth breathing like the ATT guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Ariel, listen, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and hope. Hopefully we didn't wake your babies in the other room sleeping. No, no. All good. My pleasure. I'm a fan of the show. Keep it up. And uh, maybe now, because you guys are doing this and had me on, I'll start watching Tough, so I'll blame you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Maybe nice. we can have you in next time you're in L.A. That would be awesome. Maybe, maybe. Well, let's not get crazy. I know, I know. <laughs> I've tried that one already. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Bonsoir, have a good night. Thanks, Bye. Guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Uh, well, that was awesome. awesome. That was cool. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I love, love that. Him. Love him. It's interesting points, right? Yeah. On everything. He's he's one of those guys, um, he really is in the catbird seat when it comes to um, insight. Because I yep. think he's he's obviously getting a lot more information from the UFC. He's than, an encyclopedia. Those than, were his words to me, by the way. Right. He's an encyclopedia. That's <laughs> on, his words On UFC? Were? Yes. Well, yes. I, yes, can, yes. Totally, I, I mean, can totally hear him saying that. Ariel <laughs> Hawani versus George Hermosa. Let's go. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> George, the gauntlet's been thrown down, buddy. Yeah. Um, but he's in the best, as he said, in the, he's in the yep. best of both worlds. The seat, the information that he gets that he's not allowed to uh, to let on, um, and also the analysis, the access that he has across the board to people. Sure. Um, and, and never mind the smarts too that he's got to process all of this stuff. No, he's amazing. He's so, the best. Yeah, I mean, there's three or four people in the uh, in the sport that uh, in the MMA media. That I absolutely will, will stand firm. You listen to them. You, you know they are reliable uh, sources of of good good information yes. and a, a lesson on how to process it. Absolutely. Uh, Dave Meltzer and Josh Gross absolutely are two others of those uh, of, of that triumvirate or quartet, whatever it is. Yeah. But strong guys for you guys to go and study. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to yeah. all of those podcasts. <laughs> well, what a week. Um, let's uh, let's tell everybody where everybody can find you. You Alexis? can find me all over the social media interwebs and everything else that Alexis Torres's <laughs> are sold at a Torres eight nine zero. You can also find me here at our sister network BlackHollywoodLive.com, where I talk about video game news, pop culture, and every other thing that you can think of. JTan seven one six, the usual big three: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Adult Friend Finder. Twitter. I'm just kidding, Mom. I promise. No, just kidding. Not true. Oh, my gosh. Twitter, at Gilkerson Radio. And I'm on plenty of shows here, too, so give me a follow. I love it. I'm at Surrey Serrano on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Later.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 